are rolling the Frosted Side Take One Cinco de Mayo oh. 2018. This is exciting, Dave. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Why? You go out and you uh, do the bar crawl? <laughs> Uh, so I, I guess maybe being the uh, first trial episode and all, we should do a little bit of a uh, explanation of who we are and uh, how we landed on uh, oh doing this podcast God. theme. Is, I don't is even know how much? we met. Yeah. Well, no, first off, uh, my name is Dave Morrison. And I am Dave Lindquist. And I am an on-air radio personality. If you've heard me here in the Granite State, it's because I can be heard right here on WSMN 1590 and Frank 1063 on the weekends, as well as 105.5 JYY. Yes, I'm on the radio, kids. And uh, I uh, have not been on mic in over a decade now. I think uh, my last time on mic was probably... uh college radio at uh, Northeastern back in the day. I did have a little radio experience beyond that as a uh, literary publicist for a while, but I am a... uh, 104.9, right? Yep, yep, WRBB. I am a uh, podcast fan and uh, frequent listener and uh, excited to uh, get started on this one, which we are calling The Frosted Side. Oh my God, I can't believe the universe collided between Mr. Linquist and Mr. Morrison, the Daves you know. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> th- this is a good one, man. Uh, so I guess we should get into the theme a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, Saturday mornings, I-, I guess, is kind of the basis of right. everything. Right, uh, right. Saturday mornings spent uh, watching cartoons and oh uh, eating cereal the specifically. Golden age. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty much my childhood. <laughs> oh, it was my childhood, too, except the weird thing was that you got some coconut milk for the vegan here i'm the sole vegan here at uh the frosted side but and thank you by the way you came prepared yeah of course uh, uh nut allergy too huh? nut allergy too and not just yeah. the people that i work with oh, <laughs> anyway i nice. do that bravo uh, all right. well <laughs> i love I've it got Dave. more stick stick <laughs> I'm, around i'm ready uh so here's uh here's the deal i was uh i was coming up with some concepts let's explain a little bit about how we met dave linquist and i are huge simpsons fans and big time we met at Simpsons Trivia Night. Give a shout out to Duncan from 92.5 The River who hosts Simpsons Trivia Night. I think he does it like once or twice a month. Yeah, it's about monthly now. Uh, right in my neighborhood down in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts. So uh, I actually can conveniently walk right over to the oh, venue. sure. So, Go ahead. Yeah. Rub it in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I, I come from Lowell and we were hanging out, I think in February of 2017 is when yeah. we met. God, we were just over a year now. Wow. Yeah. And we just start, and we were just, and we were on the same team. I didn't really know anybody. I was expecting to see a couple other people who didn't show up. And then we just, uh, we knew a few people on Facebook. We knew, uh, I think we knew Kevin and yep. uh, a bunch of other people because, and, and, and you're an attorney, so, and, you know, I'm not. So <laughs> it, uh, I can't offer you free legal advice. I can, but um, I might get you in trouble. <laughs> uh, long story short, uh, uh, we just started talking on Facebook, and uh, I came up with a couple of ideas to do a podcast and you mentioned Dave that you were really interested and you mentioned that you wanted to do a podcast you're a podcast aficionado you went to all the conventions yeah yeah I uh, I spent a little time living out in LA in um, I think it was 2014 or so and went to quite a few podcast events the uh, LA Podfest out there was uh, kind of an inspiring one I uh, years ago actually got all the equipment and started putting together for a potential recording but you know one job picked up got busy turn to another job and uh everything just sort of fell by the wayside so uh dave i'm pretty psyched to be finally starting one oh, uh, I know. This, this is fun this is fun i've never done this before i've been on podcast as a guest 
as myself, uh, I guess I have uh, fans, which is funny because I thought I had air conditioners. <laughs> you are full of these. I love it. It's like the time uh, I worked at the men's warehouse. Uh, it didn't suit me. I'm just... Uh, anyway, yeah. I don't know if you have a soundboard or anything, but after the fact, maybe we should add a little bum 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 ching, maybe a little here. groan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love or it. Or like the Price is Right sound. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, Dave and I, long story short, we got to talking, and I came up with a couple of other ideas because I grew up in the 90s. I watched uh, Saved by the Bell and some of their various TNBC knockoffs like California Dreams, Hang Time, and City Guys. Dave said, well, you know, why don't we do the, uh, the, the, the Saturday morning idea? Because that, that was originally my quote-unquote B idea, and uh, it turned into my A idea because I – really really think that uh universally we all grew up on saturday mornings eating cereal and watching these iconic cartoons thundercats uh uh gi joe uh, gummy bears all the kids who grew up in the late 80s and early 90s before the weight of the world just fell on our shoulders and and, and i mean even generations prior to that you you know you have your scooby-doo your your flintstones which i think was actually more of a primetime cartoon i think but, so yeah but it was it was multiple generations growing up on these Saturday morning cartoons, and uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, apparently they're essentially dead now. I think the last full cartoon lineup on a non-cartoon dedicated channel, your Cartoon Networks or your Nickelodeons, went uh, off the air. I think it was maybe three, four years ago now. I think you're actually right. Something yeah. like that. It was. I believe it was Fox Saturday morning. I think was the last time we saw. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think they had rebooted that series multiple so times. times. Probably. Yeah, really. Yeah. We, I'm just apologizing because we we I don't know if you guys can hear at home, but uh, we're here in, in Nashua where uh, I just got done doing my other job. And uh, if my boss is listening, he doesn't. He doesn't. Care. He's, he's working on cars. But we've got a, a great American downtown event going on here. We've got what's called New Muse Fest, which is a music festival here in uh, downtown Nashville on Main Street. You can hear the drumming behind. You can hear the drummer warming up. This is, uh, yeah, maybe not the most convenient for a recording, but a, uh, a hell of a view being able to see a live band as we're recording. Yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining. We actually, uh, so I gave Dave a little bit of a tour of the uh, turret here at WSMN, and you have a 360-degree view of downtown Nashua from the north to the south, and it is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, if you see me online, uh, give me a buzz. I'll be more than happy to give you guys a tour. You uh, you have any social for them you want to uh, plug? A, a, a Twitter address or anything? Oh, or? sure. Well, um, yeah, no, just uh, my full name, Two R's, two L's, Gerald David Morrison, and people get that wrong all the time. But uh, that's my full name, my uh, Instagram, Morrison on Air, all lowercase. And uh, I'm on uh, 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 Twitter at Dave underscore Morrison. And uh, my Twitter handle is Dave Lindquist, all one word. That's D-A-V-E-L-I-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. And uh, that's my Twitter. And we've actually registered the social for the podcast uh, across platforms right now, it's Frosted Pod. Really? If you want to follow us, so uh, Mister Proactive. Yeah, right I've, I've got the uh, the Insta, the uh, Twitter, and the Facebook set up as of now. Uh, Snapchat might be a little bit beyond me for the time being, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. Well, I got to say, you have taken such 
a proactive uh, vested interest in, in making this work. And without Dave uh, Lindquist, my partner right here, we wouldn't be talking to you guys today. So. Well, uh, that, I appreciate it, Dave. Uh, this, this coming from the man who you know provided the recording space we were just talking about. So uh, <laughs> the, the, the feelings mutual, and I appreciate it. Uh, no. So you want to get into the uh, yeah, so long the meat of things. So we, so basically, long story short, we review. We each and I re, we pick an episode. Dave and I we pick an episode for each other uh, of what Saturday morning staple. What Saturday morning cartoon, I should say, we want to uh, have the other person review. And uh, today we uh, picked for each other, I picked for Dave Linquist, uh, Hammer Man. Hammer Man! Hammer! Hammer Man! Hammer! Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the Hammer Man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. Of the hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old and he couldn't keep up the fight. Right. So Gramps and his granddaughter they went out on the road to find a man they knew could tell who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day. His heart was out of sight. So Gramps opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found their man. They hopped right on his feet and he became Hammer Man. Hammer Man. Hammer. So Hammerman, I uh, I, w- I was completely uh, well, not completely un- unfamiliar with this. I, uh, I I vaguely recall it being on air, but uh, for those of us, for those of you out there, sort of unaware of this, it's uh, the the MC Hammer cartoon, <laughs> which uh, he did everything back in the nineties. Mister Parachute Pants, and then some. Uh, I feel like I remember him being a ball boy for the uh, Oakland A's at some point too. <laughs> That's how I remember him. But, uh, oh man! But uh, so I mean, I guess if we want to get right into the um, the cartoon itself, the the first thing I got to talk about with you is the music. <laughs> like, oh my god! I don't I don't know um, I don't know how. What's your history with this show going in? Like, did you watch this as Every a child? Every Saturday morning, really? and I am not ashamed to admit it. That show had some sage advice from MC Hammer. It had the live action dance sequence. There was a bit of a Roger Rabbit thing going on there. Oh, the, right. the, the, car- oh, yeah, the cartoon yeah, background mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Who was sitting around with these right. kids who were who all kind of doing their like crossed arm poses. So basically, w- MC Hammer had uh, the he, he had the the world was his oyster back in the early '90s, and uh, he had everything. He had horse. He was involved in horse racing. He bought. I forgot a, about that. Yeah, yeah. and he oh. had a big mansion overlooking. His old neighborhood in Oaktown, Oakland, California, which he calls O-Town in the series. And uh, basically it starts off MC Hammer. He decides that he's going to tell kids about a story about a young man named Stanley, which is uh, based off of his real-life name, Stanley Burrell. And he 
has uh, these magical shoes and uh, that he borrowed from this guy named Pops, and uh, the they give him superpowers. And the the shoes are sort of anthropomorphic. This is this. And they I, can I didn't talk pick too. up on the, this right away, but the shoes. You know, the, the, they're, they're speaking, they have little eyes, the laces are sort of moving around. The, uh, the magical shoe device was really like, wow, someone thought of this fast. <laughs> this was like, hey. we sat down in the meeting, what, what do we give him? He needs to have a power. Mag- shoes, magic shoes. Yes, I see shoes. There we go. It's, what, what would you do oh, if great. you walked in on your shoes in your closet, <laughs> Dave Lindquist, and you saw them starting to talk to you? And you didn't have anything to eat. <laughs> I magically think, i think uh, a quick trip to the hospital might be in order <laughs> but but uh so i mean i guess the first thing i want to yeah. get into is this is the theme song i'm, I'm big on uh you could do a whole episode tv show on themes this. yeah we should man this has got a good one this was this was this was entertaining and the the episode itself is pretty musical too so uh i guess we should say we watched the i think it was the pilot episode for yep. this it looked uh 1991. They kind of, and it, it only ran in 91, right? I think yeah, it was it just was, the one season. I believe it uh, aired for 13 episodes, and we'll go back and we'll try to uh, get all the information right there. Yeah, maybe we can, well, if you're listening to this now, maybe you'll hear the uh, little history of it patched in See, the See, internet, I'm sure yeah. there'll be somebody yeah. who will come in and be like, hey, you got this wrong. Yeah, f- yeah feel free to uh, send any uh, corrections to Frosted Pod, uh, again, across social media platforms. Uh, we welcome them, well, for the time being until we get overwhelmed by them but uh being uh, episode number one bring it at us you know if you're the hammer man expert want to share some facts here or there like <laughs> more than willing to listen to them <laughs> so uh i i guess uh my takeaway number one watching this first episode here is it's kind of what you were getting at before there's there's an overarching lesson to everything it's introed with that but it's it's fun it's not you know totally totally overwhelming or anything and right. uh this first one graffiti was the theme to absolutely it. and uh yeah we learned graffiti is bad through a uh ridiculously voiced villain uh oh my <laughs> the, God. this this character i don't know if it was the same so voice bad. actor i'd have to look it up it sounded like a parody of the guy who did um Cobra Commander and Star Screams voices. It was that sort of raspy nasal kind of thing. I, I am not doing it justice, but uh, God, that villain was great. And it was a graffiti fil- themed villain, and he um, he sort of tricked the kids of the town into tagging all the banks across town with his you know magical paint. And uh, the thing that got me here is he was specifically targeting these banks and having these kids use a magical paint on the side of them. So naturally, like, my thought is, okay, it's going to, like, burn a hole into the wall of these banks or it's going to be, like, that cartoon show plot device where you throw, like, a black hole onto a wall and you can reach in and take stuff out of it. Like, okay, that makes sense. He's got the kids tagging banks and he's going to break into these banks and steal money but that that wasn't what was happening that wasn't the plot device behind the sort of uh magical paint i know well i think the overall message of this episode the pilot episode of hammer man was that it's not cool to tag somebody else's property it's great to be an artist but you just have to find an appropriate outlet. The title of the episode right here, Defeated Graffiti. The original air date was the 7th of December, 1991. What's, uh, is this the, is this the wiki? 
This is Wikipedia. Let's let's, uh, let's give them a little summary here. Uh, It's time for Hammerman, the superhero with the cool dancing (laughs) shoes. In the defeated graffiti, Hammerman and the Oaktown Rec Center kids confront an ugly crime wave that's messing up the neighborhood. Uh If anyone can save Oaktown, Hammerman can. I love even the little rhyme there on the the wiki blurb. But... um, yeah, so I, I was entertained by the show. I just want to make one correction. I I, I don't want to interrupt you. The episode, uh, the series actually aired for six, count them, six episodes. That few? Wow. Yeah. It huh. uh, debuted September 7th, 1991. It ended November 13th, 1991. <laughs> Not the most successful of programs, but uh, oh. e- entertaining. I'll give it that. Uh, I, I think my one big takeaway was... Uh, I hate to be so critical, but uh, you could tell this was a very cheap animation style. There were lots of there were lots of scenes where you know all the characters were still, and you know just a mouth was moving or like I like eyes were blinking, and then the next scene like <laughs> Hammerman's flying is the you know cutout of Hammerman sort of being pushed along the background. There oh, they were they were they were they were very. Uh, thrifty with their uh, animation there what uh, what did you think of the fly girls because one thing uh, not the fly well yeah it, it wasn't no fly girls i'm sorry was in living color the the, the uh, i got I, he had some background dancers you remember the video you can't touch yes they're dancing yep. in the background as he's doing the little do uh, do 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 uh hammer dance right there but in the series he had these two backup dancers and every time hammer would get into some sort of predicament they would they would respond in song. Yeah, but very brief, you know, maybe yeah. be it a word or two, they just pop up out of nowhere and you know, chime in with their uh, their little um, it was, two words sort of. It was actually yeah. really really annoying. I used to watch it and I could see why it got canceled because I remember yeah. watching it as a kid. And they and, and here's the thing about sitcoms back in the day or TV shows, even if the episode ran for say six episodes like Hammerman, they would rerun that that series like it was fresh and new all the way until they, they you know another pilot was picked yeah. up yes syndicated into oblivion afterward too you know, i don't think this money this show's making money off of uh syndication no probably not um and it was interesting i uh i also got a kick out of you were you um you referenced earlier that he was handed down these shoes from this was it pops the, or was it gramps grandpa's. gramps okay gramps, it was yeah. the uh the sort of mentor character, and it's implied, uh, I think, in the opening credits and the opening theme, and again later in the show, that uh, this character has a past with these shoes and was a previous hero. And I don't know if you caught it, but they even mentioned his hero, hero name. He was a uh, Soul Man. Yep. <laughs> oh my God! And, and he uh, he did the James Brown split because it was it was a, a parody of James Brown. Yeah. He used to do the that. I gotta answer my pants. They 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 even had him, you know, kneeling with the cape thrown over his back at oh, one point. Oh my it's god! Just, yep, you know, and the helpers. Yep, straight straight up James Brown parody, which Ow. was both uh, you know ridiculous <laughs> and kind of great. <laughs> Uh, what did you think of the rec center? Uh, uh, just he, he really loves that, I, that community center. I love that trope. You, you, you see it in ski movies. You see, it, I mean, there was prominent breaking, breaking break break is exactly where, break, right, that's exactly where I was going to go. I think at some point, uh, 
South Park sort of parried this. There is always a rec center to help, and I love it. And those sort of, well, besides that one, you know, sort of main girl, there's this girl who helped discover Stanley with Gramps or Pops or, again, I guess we'll have to get his name straight, who, uh, who sort of helped find Stanley and gave him the shoes to turn him into Hammerman. But besides that, there are the... Gramps. Gramps, okay. There we go. There are the generic rec center kids to be helped. And uh, I loved it. Uh, especially the, uh, I don't recall the name of the, the first kid tagging. There is this, this oh, like, pudgy, go pudgy little, yeah, little red-haired exactly boy. exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I just love those... They easily sort of usable trope like that. Like if if there if there's a rec center to be saved involved, I'm in. Dave, oh my, me me too. <laughs> I think they got a few community centers here in Nashua that need saving. We can <laughs> just put on some magical talking shoes and a couple of background dancers who sing and only respond in song, and uh, we're good to go. Oh, I love it. State. Oh, if only MC Hammer had been there when the 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 old man of the mountain. <laughs> Excuse me, fell apart. Uh, tragic. 15 so, years ago. So for the for those out there not from this part of the country, uh, Dave here will probably be, do a better job of explaining it than I. But there was this, you know, big granite uh, formation on the side of the side of a mountain uh, that looked like a elderly man's face in profile, and it was sort of the symbol of the state. Was it, it was. even on license plates? It I was. Think? On, it still is actually. They had just uh, come out with uh, the license plates that you see today, just as the rock. Formation fell on the sixth of May oh. of twenty oh three. Wow, you had that right on hand. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's that big of a moment here. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, for anybody in Australia, it's almost like I, I, the death of the croc hunter, Steve Irwin. <laughs> it, I, th- I thought you were going to go Ayers Rock there for him. I'm like, is something wrong with it? No, <laughs> the rock no. did the rock crumble? No, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, now they've got this memorial up there because they were going to replace the old man with some fiberglass, but a uh, committee uh, disagreed with that. But yeah, Hammerman would have been able to stop the rock from formation, <laughs> the natural rock formation from crumbling. So um, anyway, I love that they worked the hit into the end of the episode like beyond just the theme song and the can't know, touch this yes it, the, it needed to be in episode one and I was waiting for it like I'm like there's got to be a hint of it at some point but they saved it toward the end I thought the way it was delivered was pretty solid I thought it was perfect it was perfect just to kind of hook you into the episode and then uh, my favorite part and I know it's you who's supposed to be reviewing this but I, I did what did you think of the the, the police officer the, te- the, the, the 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 at the end with the the uh, the the police officer coming out of the the wall the graffiti the officer oh god that character Ugh, it, the I, animation on that I, I can't even explain it it's it didn't quite look like the rest of the show no <laughs> it, was, it just looks so out of sequence it was uh I know it, it, it's interesting when you see like a first episode like this that you know probably created to sort of sell the show, but at the same time you could tell they were cheaping out at certain parts or things just sort of broke away from when it looked like the theme would be like. I, I I'm curious. I, it left me wanting to dive into future ones beyond this and see if it stayed like this. If if all I guess all six episodes looked exactly like this, or mm. if this was sort of the 
the rough sketch. Yeah. He was also famous for being taken advantage of. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think when you think back on him beyond beyond the pants and the outfit and the the, the one iconic song, and he, he had other songs that were, you know, please hammer don't hurt him, etc. Oh, yeah. But uh, the one thing he's known for is being exploited by this team around him yep. and going broke and watching something like this that, you know, it does convey his, his whole positivity thing, but at the same time, yeah, maybe it's a cash grab. And mm. in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is this his team exploiting him again? Oh, just yeah. sell, sell, sell. Sort of that, that brand was just so overexposed at the time. And right. We're here to talk about... Hammerman and Muppet Babies. We're gonna oh. get to that in a second. Thank you yeah. for picking that one. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe we uh, we get into the other half of our premise here uh, yeah, and take a little bit of a break before Muppet Babies. Maybe even call it a separate episode. Uh, get two in the can here, but uh, so. I guess we'll introduce this a bit. So beyond, you know, those Saturday mornings as a kid spent watching cartoons, for me personally, my father got up late and my mother worked on Saturday mornings. When I was a little kid, she was only working a few days a week, so she was working at a bank on Saturday mornings. So I was sort of left to my own devices. As I said, my little brother is much younger than me, so I I just, you know, had ran of the TV for that point, and... I would be parked in front of it for like three or four hours. And at the same time, I always had this one thing that was a breakfast cereal. There you go. The, the two just fit together in my mind. And I think in yours and, and when we were discussing sort of the cartoon theme, uh, we wanted to expand a bit beyond just Saturday morning cartoons and what goes better. That's right. Part of a complete breakfast. You saw all the commercials, I'm sure. Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, uh, Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. We've got a box handy right here, and I think that's what we're going to sort of uh, dive into. It's nice. It sort of goes along with the title, the uh, Frosted Side, though, you know, maybe that's a little more uh, directly related to another cereal we'll uh, leave unmentioned in the dress of the later uh, show. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned this because you mentioned earlier that you brought uh, some coconut milk. I don't uh, have uh, I don't have milk in my diet because I am vegan by choice, but I never had milk and cereal together in the bowl. I was a very picky eater growing up. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I want to hear more about oh, this. Oh, you have really to. Please I, expand. I, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't know. I just don't know if I, it's the sogginess or if I think there's a separation of church and state when it comes to <laughs> cereal. You have the milk here. You have the orange juice there. You have the uh, the cereal. And I, I grew out of probably about the time I was eight, I grew out of Lucky Charms and, 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 and Count Chocula. I had... Total brand flakes growing up and grape nuts. Wow. Oh my God. I, 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 I but uh, I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons having grape nuts and Wheaties and, and total with the, with the, with the strawberries in. My mom used to cut those up. It's, it's so funny. I, I have a very similar but opposite experience. My mother was a bit of a health food nut, but that, you know, 80s, early 90s version of health food nut where it's like, all right, you can have a cereal as long as it doesn't have a cartoon character on the box. It's probably healthy. Sure, there, there were those ones that sort of bordered on it. Your 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 kicks or your 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 sans sugar frosted wheat and you know sort of things along those lines. 
but these these cartoons we were watching at the they cut to the commercials and oh, the the commercials were basically their own cartoon show. Yeah, they were. Some of these characters so to uh, be continued. Yeah. No, so and any time I could get at them whether it was on vacation or you know at school or over at a friend's house it, right. it would be I need to get that cereal and I need to eat it while I'm watching those cartoons. I just always had that mental association with them. You had all these cartoons on Nickelodeon. Uh, Cartoon Network came years later, but you had Nickelodeon. You had Family Channel be years before it yep. became Freeform. Yep. And uh, locally, before the deregulation and the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which basically fucked over media, and that's why we're in the, the messed up state that we're in. Uh, you had TV 38 for anybody uh, outside of New England. That's WSBK in Boston. Uh, it's still around, but we had uh, local... Um, at, at 4 o'clock, we'd have 4 or 5 o'clock or whatever. We'd have cartoons, and we'd have uh, comic strips, Silver Hawks, and a WLVI, Living yep. 56. Yep. And we'd have we'd have Transformers. We'd have Mask. Yep. Oh. oh, Mask. Mask might be my favorite uh, cartoon theme of all time. We 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 might oh. have to drop that into an episode. I think yeah, that we might do. be. We absolutely that might do. be the best. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, so we decided we each pick a cereal and uh, have a little bowl of it as we had our conversation. Right. So uh, do you think maybe uh, maybe oh. a quick pause now while we all right. uh, we'll be back we right <laughs> after these messages? We'll be right back after <laughs> these messages. We'll be right back. Sing it with me. App. <laughs> no. right. Yeah, it's not happening. We're doing no. You sure? Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's take a, a cereal break right now. See you in a few. All right. All right. And, and we're, we're back. We're rolling. Uh, if there are complaints about the uh, eating on mic noises, uh, please just send them via Frosted Pod. Maybe it's, we can uh, try and work something with it. But. <laughs> so, uh, all right, here we go. You can hear the cereal uh, and probably the background music still, but uh, let me take my first bite here. Oh, that brings back memories. No. What does it taste like? <laughs> it tastes like childhood. But, uh, oh, Frosted Flakes, wow. It tastes like sogginess to me. Yeah, well, Dave was saying, like, I'm so beyond OCD. Chi- beyond childhood, it's a, it's a, you you continued not putting milk on cereal, so this is this is a new sort of thing here. <laughs> I'm 34. Trips around the sun, folks, and this is the first time I've actually poured any form of milk or any liquid substance into <laughs> my cereal. I love to have it dry. Some people freak out over things that we don't even think about. I never freaked out over it. It just wasn't my thing. The, I was a very, very picky eater. Today is a new leaf. So I, I guess I should reveal this as well. I, I feel really similarly. Uh, I had, you know, a ton of milk in my cereal as a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, liked your your uh, cocoa pebbles that turn the milk to chocolate milk and things oh. like that. And I just proceeded to get grossed out by oh. it year after year after year. And it... If, if 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 Dave, if you look over at my bowl right now, I probably have a third of what you've got there. It's just a splash. I just, I just to want go like all in. a tiny little coating on everything. But uh, so I feel like these are one of the like Frosted Flakes are one of the iconic cereals out there. Uh, you know, it's made by Kellogg's, which is probably the first name you think of when you think cereal. It's mascot Tony the Tiger. Like, Bear girl. Right. 
Like if we if we were to make a Mount Rushmore of serial mascots, I, I, I think Tony goes on there. Yeah, great. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's got he's got his slogan. I feel like that that's huge among uh, you know serial mascots. That I are think like so too. the they're always after my uh, Lucky Charms. The tricks are Silly for kids. Rabbit, yeah, yeah. yeah. The and, what about uh, Golden Crisp? Because I was watching some some old commercials from the eighties. Can't get enough of that Golden Crisp. So I, I think the in, interesting thing there is that um, is that the one with the frog mascot? No, the that's bear? the gopher. Gopher. Wow. That is the gopher. Actually, the, the, you, you can go on YouTube and check it out on your own time, or we can do it here. Whatever. <laughs> How's it going, folks? It's Dave Morrison, one half of the Frosted Side team, taking some time out of my workday to let you guys know that we appreciate all your support. Myself and Dave Linquist would like to put out a disclaimer: the Golden Crisp Bear is in fact a sugar bear and not a gopher. We now return to the Frosted Side. Uh, what else? There, there was a there was a bunch. Um, corn pops, actually, for anybody who wants to know about the history of how we got to the to the point of corn pops, it was sugar pops originally. Oh yeah. And then it was because there was a real arms race of all these these cereals that had sugar in it, sugar flakes, sugar pops, and then all the do gooders came in and then had them. Kellogg's and Post changed the name to Sugar Corn Pops. And I think up until 1983, that was the, the name of um, Corn Pops. And hey, oh, that man. was another one, too. Those, you remember the, the Corn Pops and the, 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 dun, 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 yeah. the Jaws so the, name? Gotta Have My Pops. Gotta Have My Pops. Yeah. I gotta have my pops. I think that ran across multiple cereals. Again, we'll probably have to look into our history on some of these, and please feel free to correct us. But um, Smacks, I yeah, think, the with the frog. I, I think they were originally sugar Smacks, and yep, I might be were. wrong. There may have been a honey Smacks period in between. There but, was a honey Smacks period, but it's period. moving further and further away from like. Yeah, they taste the same, but you don't want that sugar in the name. Whereas when our very early childhood, sugar is what yeah. sold me on uh, some of these. There you go, you got things. the Fruit Loops. Uh, Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam. Does Toucan Sam belong on our uh, on our Mount Rushmore I too? Would say I, so. I, I feel like he's up there. I uh, I think we're gonna have to come up with a definitive list of this Mount Rushmore of yep. cereal Paul care. Paul Freeze, the late great Paul Freeze. Was uh, it? Yep, yep. The same guy who voiced Heat Miser in um, all the uh, the Christmas. Specials. Uh, Rankin and Bass. Rankin and Bass. Great. Loved those. Loved those too. Still do around ho- holiday time. Uh, so you pick for me, uh, Dave Linquist. It's only Pretendo from Muppet Babies. Yes. Yeah. Muppet Babies. Everything all right in here? Yes, Mommy. Well, okay, before we dive into that, what do you think of the pairing of uh 
Frosted Flakes and Hammer Man. <laughs> I feel like it. Well, works. I think it's a good introduction. Yeah. I think it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I think I, I think Frosted Flakes is a classic. And um, Nipsey Hammer is very you know Frosted Flakes give you that 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 edge, that that steroids. Uh, if you can't afford steroids, might as well have Frosted Flakes, which is the next best thing to giving you the competitive edge. And of course, MC Hammer yep. was a athlete. We don't encourage steroids. I'm just. Just being a dick. <laughs> I'm being a. Um, but um, well, uh, yeah, no. Um, I, I think it's an interesting pairing, but um, it does kind of make sense because MC Hammer, I'm sure, had his Frosted Flakes before he was uh, an aspiring baseball player with the Oakland Athletics. There we go. Yep, and then he got injured, and then he had to work his way up again, and he decided that dancing and rapping was the way to go, and that's a workout too. Yeah, that Hammer dance, absolutely. You gotta have your frosted flakes. Um, so, so I loved, I loved your choices. Thank you. Uh, you know, frosted flakes a great one to start with. Just this sort of classic, iconic cereal. Uh, this Hammerman show, you know, a, a little bit obscure, but you know, a person we're all familiar with. And it's that kind of show, like we said, like you know, it's got the little bit of lesson in the story, but at the same time, you know, it's funny, it's musical, like good pairing, like this. In my childhood, I can absolutely picture, you know, sitting down with a bowl of Frosted Flakes watching Hammer Man. So, uh, it, win on your part. I, I'm a fan of both. Now, it's, you, during, the, during the break, uh, you, did, did you mention the, the, the Cocoa uh, Pebbles? Um, you mentioned that off air, did, or did you say that on air? I, no, I, 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 I think yeah, we were talking about yeah, it a little bit as far as, far as the yeah. uh, milk goes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that was just absolutely... Uh, just the image in my head. Ugh. I never liked chocolate milk, anyways. But like I said, I am the. I was the pickiest eater growing up. Dave, I never had pizza until I was eight, and pasta until I was thirteen. So by choice. So let me ask you a question: yeah. How much of that is textural? Yes. See, ninety-five percent. I've run across this with a lot of friends recently, and I've never had a thing with it. My my fiance's got a lot as far as these. Um, textures and eating goes hi jess if you're listening um and i soon yeah oh sneaking up but um i had a good friend who was bothered by cape cod potato chips because they're too pointy and apple pie because they're too slimy conceptually i get it they just don't uh, textures have never been a thing to me but like if i was bothered by textures and food like you know cereal's an extreme (laughs) you know it can be incredibly crunchy and sharp and then turn to you know just gross soggy mush so really really got to me and uh texture the shapes really really yeah. really really start to to bug me out so you picked muppet babies um that was well that was a really interesting one uh you had to uh go and pick it's only pretendo thank you very much and that was uh Put the turn the one mic we're sharing towards me. It's only pretend on Muppet Babies. A little bit of background on uh, the Muppet Babies. Uh, 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 it's part of the Muppets franchise. We all grew up on the Muppets, Kermit, and obviously Sesame Street. Jim Henson is a genius, and uh, back in the 80s, they wanted to capitalize. So CBS uh, picked up uh, the pilot for Muppet Babies, and that ran for about seven years, 1984 through 1991. And uh, it showed the Muppets as if they were babies, uh, Kermit, Piggy, uh, Gonzo, Fozzie Bear, and it's and a little baby animal. It's it was kind of 
It's it was kind of a cute concept. I don't know if you watched it every Saturday morning. So, so kind of the the antithesis of our other most recent show, Hammerman Muppet Babies, ran for a while. You know, it was a good six seven seasons. I think it was eighty five through ninety one. Eighty four through ninety one. That, that long. Wow. Yeah. And went through. I uh, went until December of nineteen ninety one. Yeah. And. Uh, the, the, you, there was a hint of them planning this for a while, as you were sort of getting at. I don't know if people remember. I believe it was Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, my there, God. There's, there's a dream so sequence. iconic. There's a dream sequence that introduces the Muppets as babies. It's it's more live action, and they're, you know, they're these giant sort of puppets. It might even been even been people in suits. It's almost scary looking. Right, but but it, it it was the images of these Muppets you're familiar with mm. as babies, and I think it was just months later the cartoon came out. So maybe they had it planned, and this was some sort of like integration between uh, the two. But uh, I I watched Muppet Babies to be honest, not when it was first run, but when it was in syndication later on in life, uh, when Nickelodeon um, picked up the rights to uh, the uh, Jim Henson Muppet Babies. Uh, because uh, I'd be waiting for Nicktoons like Doug and, and Rugrats, and I'd watch, and uh, maybe I was off from school, and, and that ran well into the uh, up until, I think, the new millennium, at least before Nickelodeon changed and went to more like live action. Um, uh, ironically enough, they just brought back Muppet Babies now that Disney uh, owns um, well, Jim Henson. Uh, and, and everything. And everything else. Uh, yeah. But uh, they've... Uh, Jim... Uh, Jim uh, Henson, yeah, sold uh, the rights just before he passed away to Disney, and I think the whole trajectory of trajectory, excuse me, of the Muppets uh, franchise really started to change. And then, of course, he had that bout with pneumonia and died really unexpectedly, which um, I, you know, I was still a shock to this day. I was, I remember, I was six years old. Oh. It was the first celebrity death that ever affected me. I think I might have cried. Oh. I, oh. I, it, it was. It was, I don't it was blame quick, you. too, because you didn't hear about him being sick. I think it was pneumonia that got him, so it was he just... He thought it was the flu, I mean. Yeah, to, he, uh, he was here then there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did something that... He, he, he waited to get help, but honestly, he thought that he had the flu, he told doctors. And it, it could happen to anybody. You know, when you get sick, we all get sick, and we think it's the flu. But after a day or two, when it, it got really, really bad, he went to the doctor, and it was some rare form of pneumonia. That was just tragic, just, and, and such a waste, too. Devastating. I'm I'm a big, big Muppets person. Um, actually, uh, my uh, mother came to me the other day, and uh, we were discussing uh, potential... Uh, Dance during a wedding, the dance with your mother song oh, type sure. thing, and oh. I think Rainbow Connection may be oh, the final decision. Yay. So, just iconic song. Oh, you're gonna make everybody cry yeah. listening. And at home. and this specific show, this this and me go way back. Uh, I went to Muppet Babies on Ice. You went to I went to Muppet, Muppet Babies, Babies on, on ice. ice. I didn't know there was such yeah, a thing. It, it was spectacular and. Um, so you're familiar with this show. For, for our listeners who, who are not, beyond the Muppet babies being babies, they're in a nursery and they're being cared for by this character who's, who's unique to the cartoon. Nanny. Who, who just goes by Nanny. And you don't see Nanny's face. You just see her socks, the green striped green socks striped and the socks. pink shoes. Yep. And you know maybe a little bit of her like torso in a sweater, but you never see her face. Which... Yeah, I thought I'd get to see her face during Muppet Babies on Ice. What? So it was, it was, it was the. I, I remember thinking as a kid that being like, 
how are they? Well, all, all the all the Muppets will be people in costumes scaling around. They've got to have you know a someone scaling around his nanny, and it can't just be legs. Oh no! So I'm going to get to see nanny. So I show up at the ice skating event, and the background of of the show, a door opens, uh-huh. and there's a mural painted, and it's you know just the torso. Oh. With the legs, there's not a live character. It's just oh, here's this background with just, painted with the on the wall and just like up to the yeah, yeah. representing you know nanny on ice. I, I was so so distraught. Was it was a was it a person or was it just like a mural? No, of, no, of, just just a painted background. Oh, <laughs> that that's was, disappointing. Yeah, it was it was pretty upsetting. Oh my god, no. I I I think if they're going to stick with the nanny's character just being totally faceless, they might as well just go out and do something like that. That doesn't. Oh my God! That would have that would have pissed me off yeah. too. But. I'm I'm still a little bitter. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, it's interesting. The 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 voice of Nanny. Do you know Do you know who that was? Without looking at your phone. <laughs> I, we're I've, gonna we're gonna do some trivia as well and work that into the I've show. I pulled up the list here because this is such an iconic voice cast. You would not think of some of these Dave people Coulier. being on here. He did Baby Benson. Dave yep. Coulier did. Yep. Uh, yep. There's some great ones, and beyond him, uh, probably my. Favorite, you know, voice actor ever. Who, mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, Frank Welker. Oh my God! And, and uh, was it Rusty, Rusty Taylor? Yeah, I believe so. Let me go back to it. But I mean, Frank Welker. For those who aren't familiar, is Megatron. Uh, he's recently voiced uh, Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he he does uh, vocal effects on uh, Futurama for Nibbler. Oh just, yeah. Just I- iconic voice actor. It was it was on Alvin and the Chipmunks, the eighty four to uh, ninety one uh, reboot, I believe, and he also does. Uh, he did, I think, uh, the uh, Laddie, the the collie on the in the Simpsons, the oh, Canine Mutiny. Yep, he did. Um, that's great. And uh, what else? He did a bunch of characters on the Simpsons, but you never really know him because you you, you don't hear his voice. It's not really. Iconic the way that Hank or Harry Shearer the you know, he he hides it well he hides it really well but he is a well known voice actor you just probably would never be able to connect the name with the voice and the character but you if you if you heard it if you were able to yeah you have to be a real hardcore nerd to go back and listen to to all of his voice and be like oh yeah yeah that's uh, that's Frank Welker that's so good um, so I cheated a little bit as I had no. Wikipedia open here yeah, that's the first uh, episode you, we'll let it slide you want to uh, first day of class re- reveal uh, Nanny's voice Barbara Billingsley that's right the, the mom from Leave It to Beaver June who, Cleaver who is, is there a better actress to play a parental figure no e- even if it's for a bunch of Muppets like if I were doing my like dream voice casting on a show like this, I would say, oh, we need to get someone who sounds sort of like, you know, Barbara Billingsley and Leave it to Beaver. Kind and, of that grandmotherly voice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to know where the Muppet Baby's parents were or if they just kind of landed, uh, you know, from space, you know. It always seemed like it was sort of a daycare, but I feel like there were cribs there, so were they staying there overnight? Were the Muppet Babies being left there? <laughs> Because I, I, when I watched it series back in the 90s, I was always put off by the fact that they, they don't have 
they're babies, but they don't really explain where the the big you know the parents are. You know, you know Kermit and and, and if Kermit and, and and Miss Piggy you know got married and you know wouldn't they have more of a mixed breed children? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't just be. I mean, I mean you'd have one you know and half amphibian, half uh, half pig. I I believe there was a a Muppet special or TV show that showed what their children would look like, and it was a mix. I don't remember that. It was a mix of frogs and pigs. It was little baby frogs and little baby pigs. It was Their kids were one or the other, because I feel like that, uh, the, the in-between might look a little scary. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it would I don't know if it would have worked for this series. So, uh, so Muppet Babies, like I said, ran from 1984 through 1991 on CBS This Morning. Uh, the episode, It's Only Pretendo, December 2nd, 1989, was the air date, written by Cindy McKay and Larry Swerdlove. So basically the pro- concept of this episode was video games and sharing and, and crosswalk safety. So it starts off with Gonzo pretending to be Super Mario. He's got the little swarvy mustache. He's got the the, the, the plumber's pants and the, the hat, and obviously he couldn't be Super Mario. He had to be Super Barrio Weirdo, and uh, that's a that's a copyright issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just a I think parodies in the clear here, but uh, yeah, this is actually one of those shows where you want to be concerned about you know copyright and trademark sure. or whatnot. We had to go hunting on YouTube for really poor, poor versions of this, and that it's never got a digital or d- even a DVD release. Because every one of these episodes, beyond just using all the and parodying all these properties from you know different video games or whatnot, it shows clips of movies, clips from games. You know, the the rights issues of trying to release these must just be like horrendous. Well, I got to say, it it definitely tests the copyright um, laws, the the series, because they have Star Wars. They had uh, the uh, Indiana Jones, where Kermit would think, would picture himself in these these scenarios, these cinematic, uh, um, these the, these scenes. Uh, Wizard of Oz, you can see it in the opening sequence, actually. Yeah. Um, this one, um, Gonzo, he thinks that he's uh, Mario in uh, Donkey Kong. He's uh, the, you can see the original graphics in the background and it's uh, you know he's you know you know donkey kong we've all played donkey kong before and uh he's he's going up and the the music's playing do 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 and uh he and i actually actually had to go online because i couldn't hear the audio in any of the clips i didn't know what he was saying and he called himself super barrio weirdo i'm not even going to do gonzo's voice <laughs> he gets like get ready i'm yeah, super right. barrio weirdo <laughs> and he's got the mustache, like I said. He's got the plumber's pants red, and um, he's he's. He, I I didn't know if he was actually playing the game or if he was immersed in the game. That I, I wasn't. I, this is where I think this episode failed. What I, say you? I think it was both because you cut away, and the other characters, the other Muppets around the nursery, are complaining about him running around and knocking things over as this is going on. But then later in the episode, it cuts back, and he's handing Miss Piggy his controller as if he's been playing a video game and imagining this. So I, I not not to criticize our writers you have listed here, but uh, I'm not sure what it was trying to do. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I know kids, I know when we were kids, we would picture ourselves in maybe in a video game, maybe in a cartoon, 
we'd lose our shit. We'd swing on trees. We'd play in tree houses if we had them. Um, you know, I don't know if you had them down there in Whalen, Massachusetts. Yep, yep, and, oh yeah, I know my shit. I do my research. <laughs> um, uh, or Central Mass, more West Westford Groton line, like yours truly, Forge Village, Mass. Yo, what 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 what? And so I uh, we I mean we just had fun. We had uh, Nintendo, Super NES, Sega Genesis, uh, Turbo Graphics, and that was actually featured in the video. It looked like a, a version of the uh, Turbo Graphics uh, sixteen I, video yep, game system I, console. I, I saw that game in there, and yeah, there were some serious flashbacks. But uh, so what you were sort of getting at is this like. Even like going out and playing and pretending you were in the video game. This is this is a big thing about Muppet Babies in general. It is, this show is about imagination. Uh, and another one of those shows with an iconic theme song. And there is a line in this theme song. I'm sure you'll probably recall of this sure. again. But just close your eyes and make believe and you can be anywhere. anywhere. This happens in the show. It does a great job of describing And, and yeah. it's these characters will go off into these other worlds and it'll cut away and they've been in the nursery. It the was time. shooting fish in a barrel. Mm -hmm. So Gonzo basically immersed himself in this uh, Donkey Kong-like gang uh, uh, game where he's uh, trying to beat King Copacabana, which is this dragon, not really a donkey, because I'm sure they couldn't really push it, but I'm sure they were trying to make it look like a Koopa, which yeah. was what Mario would well, defeat and, in and Super Mario Brothers. And the name's kind of close there, too. Yeah, King Copacabana. So he's bouncing off of just about everything. Rolf's uh, piano and uh, Miss Piggy and Rolf are like, dude, you gotta, you gotta chill Calm out. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, finally he's, he's, he, he doesn't care. He's just, he's just having a good time, you know, just losing his shit, and then all of a sudden the Muppet Babies... They gang up and they say, we're done. We're going to, you're not going to be playing this anymore. We want to play. And Gonzo's like, okay, you can try. And then Miss Piggy imag imagines herself as uh, this ninja in, in um, the, um, the king, uh, and then King Copacabana. I mean, she thought of herself as like a villain and uh, the the ninja doing uh, the high kicks uh, and everything. Uh, so I mean that kind which of which kind of fits for Miss Piggy, who's it, always been that protagonist antagonist, right, especially exactly. on this show. Oh yeah, I mean I think they really just it's indicative of the, the relationship that uh, uh, Kermit and, and Piggy have. I would have liked to have seen more of that. That we all know that kind of. Uh, her being a little pushy and him being, you know, his scarcity yeah. towards her. I, I didn't see a lot of that in the episode, but they did have little elements of it. I think this was more of a Gonzo uh, episode, uh, you know, focused, Gonzo-focused episode where you, you know shit's about to go down. It's just a, it's just going to be fun and uh, a little little disappointed that there were so many subplots to it in terms of all the video games that everybody was playing this i i don't know if it was just the the youtube clips we were able to find but the the show was so sped up or or it was just hyper it was it was sort of manic it was one one subplot to the next uh there, there's a good little zelda parody in there where they Imelda. also melt imelda where they're you know, playing around with the name, but barely. And uh, I remember loving the show as a kid, and it sucked me in, you know, imagination-wise. But I found it so hard to keep up with. It was just on from one thing to the next to the next. Yeah, you couldn't really keep up. It, it, it was a challenging watch, and uh, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for subjecting you to this. You know, oh, maybe. don't feel bad. That's the whole idea of this. But uh, 
Oh man. Uh, so I, right. I I I thought of one question I need to ask you. So so you're you're familiar with the Muppets? You're you're, oh, you're a, bit of a sure. Muppets person. So Muppet I was baby. I was actually uh, more of a Fraggle person, but oh, yes, Fraggle. Oh, I love it. Classic show, another great theme I that that I always wanted to be Gobo and I still do. Yeah, the I, tennis racket and everything. That was good good ambitions, my, my friend. Absolutely. Good ambitions. Life goals. Live in a cave, have Wembley below, <laughs> a little blanket. Oh. So so in Muppet Babies mm-hmm. there is a character that is not in other Muppet properties beyond Nanny. I, I don't know if oh you're, this. you're asking me a, a trivia uh, if I a picked bit, up on, yeah yeah um you know that's a trick question I should know um it, it be uh, you mean just for the show right yep yep just on the just show just for Muppet who's, Babies who is in every single episode I I I can get into it here but um you know you, uh, you I give up so on on the sort of iconic. Um, you know the original Muppet Show. Behind the scenes, there's this always there's this character working under uh, under Kermit Scooter, who's on the show. Oh, you know? Skeeter. So he has a sister on the show. Skeeter. I was, okay, that was the because I was yeah. wondering because I don't remember Skeeter for yeah. You're right. She's nowhere else, and I, I wonder if it's just you know there aren't a ton of female Muppets, and absent Miss Piggy, there would not be another female character that's, on the show. And I don't know. Well, if they had the had, guitar player. What was her name? Janice, Janice, yeah, the yeah. guitarist, and but she really didn't have too many lines. No, no. And uh, where else? Uh, yeah, you're right. So it, it, it's interesting because they make her very sporty, whereas Scooter's your, you know, your proto nerd, which you you see a trace of in uh, in this episode, in that um, Scooter wants to play chess or some sort of chess game, and then right. Skeeter breaks out what is essentially my favorite uh, nin- Nintendo peripheral from my childhood, the the power pad. Oh, my God. Yeah, so so that was like, a, it's called the Mighty Mat. Uh, so Super NES uh, had the, or was it NES? I, I think, think it was it, the original. I think it was the original, yeah. <laughs> so in, in this episode, uh, as um, uh, Piggy and Gonzo are getting into their little battles and they're immersing themselves into the video games, the other Muppet babies want to try their hands because they're getting sick and tired of watching Gonzo play these these silly video games and i, I think the, the the breaking point for for the rest of the muppet babies was when uh they're in the imelda video game and gonzo sees 500 points and miss piggy is about to fall into this this crevice this ravine and she she falls off and she dies and he's more concerned about the 500 points which and is the, just a pretty uh shitty sign of what uh, an awful friend would do and you know <laughs> This this episode could have not held up to today, but video game culture just exploded and got bigger and bigger from this point. Yeah, and that's kind and of what you got better. And that's kind of what you picture from a, video, a gamer, <laughs> you know that that sort of like oh, at the expense of my friends, you know that competitiveness the, that I'm sucked in. I think it was saying something. The graphics had evolved from uh, uh from electronic ping pong to space invaders. In fact, there's a, a the Galaxy Invaders was the um the video game that they parodied next, and they had Super Mario Brothers. Yep. So Piggy dies, and everybody's calling out uh, Gonzo for that, and he doesn't care. He's more concerned about winning, and uh, I believe the um, um, Skeeter and Scooter, they try their hand at different video games. Kermit tries a Leapfrog, where he becomes a security guard, which oh. I, I don't know if that fit the episode. No, I, I, think it, I think it was just, we have a frog character, Frogger is a game, 
let's try and force those together somehow. <laughs> and I and I believe that uh, he used that opportunity to teach children about crosswalk safety, but he didn't do a good enough job. He just no, wasn't he? He was carrying around his own little stop sign or something along those lines. Or the footage, stock footage of yeah. a stop sign. Of, I assume New York City. By this point, uh, they're searching Gonzo and Piggy for this magical key. Uh, and um, and they're still arguing, Gonzo and Piggy, over who got the magical key. And they turn to Animal, and Animal is, in his typical way, I don't know. <laughs> I love that character. I, I th- is, so is, is Animal in this yeah, supposed to be much. a little younger than the rest of the Muppet babies. I would say, yeah. Like, that, he that seems more baby, like a baby, baby, and they seem like toddlers, right? I think exactly. They're more They're more like four or five years old. He looks like somebody who just came out of the animal womb. And he's the only one who's crawling, too. So right, exactly. I, I think he's supposed to be a little younger than Yeah, I think that's how they designed it. So he, he's like, only a game. Oh, that's that voice. My, oh, thank you. Um, that voice. And then they just go back to playing their games, and that's the end of the episode. And then they end with Kermit the Frog saying something about street safety that I don't really remember. <laughs> but it was uh, it was very hard to follow. Uh, it did remind you of a simpler time when you played these video games, and, and, and you could actually just play to have fun. I did get a little too invested um in super mario world uh but then you know i decided that most people my age were moving on to other things and when playstation came on uh, came around i should say in like 1995 i i never saw the appeal in it yeah it was always super nintendo sega and, th- and that was it for me I, uh, some people just I, I kept kind of falling in and back out but yeah yeah those, those old games are sort of what's appealing to me and i uh, to and you know, I think it's a good parallel with this specific show with Muppet Babies. The I feel like the message of this show, not even necessarily this specific episode, but we sort of hinted at it before, is imagination. Right. And this era of video games ties in well with right. that because they're so even gameplay and graphically limited that kids were bringing a lot of imagination right. into it and you know as you see from this you know these characters just sort of coming up with their own games and playing it off in their own worlds in addition to actually playing the game itself yeah and really well, so any any big takeaways on it like what did you think um, <laughs> i feel um, a little bad about this episode <laughs> uh, learn to share and it's only a game <laughs> As and get some exercise. Oh, so many messages. As far as the quality of the show, um, uh, earlier in this episode, or if we end up splitting them up, our sure. previous episode, we touched upon Hammerman. I thought <laughs> at least the animation. Sorry for that. The, by the, the, way. the, the, well, the animation in this looked like it was a little bit better drawn. It was kind of hard to tell what the quality of video. Or the Muppet we Babies. Yeah, at. yeah. I think so. But. Um, no, an entertaining one. Um, so b- beyond its iconic theme song, there's a little musical number in every episode, which Absolutely. I didn't realize that's kind of thrown in the middle here. It was pretty forgettable for this one, but I, I you know, found it entertaining. And uh, so you want to get into our yeah, cereal? Yeah, it was, the, um, it was uh, the, the Great Unbeatable Me. Unbeatable Me. Great Unbeatable Me. Great Unbeatable Me was the musical number in... Uh, the Muppet Babies episode. We just wanted to point that out. It's a it's a musical battle between 
Piggy and Gonzo over who can play and who can win and who can get the key in Imelda, which it was it was hard to follow, but it was uh, <laughs> but the you're right the animation the drawing pretty immaculate and uh, perfect for CBS uh, Saturday yep. mornings at the time. Yep. Um, all right, yeah, let's do the cereal. All right, so uh, all right, so start. <laughs> I've uh, I've got a fun sort of surprise cereal here for Dave. I was originally going to do O's, uh, not Cheerios, O's, which is sort of my my favorite cereal. All right, and uh, which is a sort of a circle of Captain Crunch with some graham crackery stuff stuffed in the middle. I love them. Apparently, the recipe got done over um, four or five months ago. They're not in as many stores as they used to be. And according to whatever message boards I was looking for to figure out oh. where I could buy a box of it, they're not as tasty. So, uh, oh, that's too bad. So instead of continuing to hunt everywhere for it, I got this. Um, you got something just as good. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I haven't tried it yet. But this is sort of a. Uh, on our uh, previous episode or earlier in this episode, you hear, heard a bit of our origin story, how we uh, met at the Simpsons trivia night. Yeah. So uh, sort of working along that theme, I got us a uh, Kellogg's Donut Shop cereal. So this, is, so this is a new one. It says new right on the box and fitting with the, uh, the Homer Simpson theme. Oh, my God. Theme. He's got mm, forbidden donut. The pink donut. This is, oh. it, pink donut is the flavor. I don't know what pink is as a flavor. If it's supposed to be sort of a uh, fruit or berry flavor, it doesn't really indicate out. anywhere on the box other than pink donut flavor. So uh, give us a moment to pour, and uh, we'll hop right back to it. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Vanilla wafers. With a <clears throat> shot of pink flavoring, I think. This, this, is, this is interesting. Um... I guess I could. The closest I could describe them is um, they sort of look like Apple Jacks. If you remember that series, it's like pink Cheerios. Yeah, pink Cheerios. Um, but they taste like donuts. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think I like them better than the Frosted Flakes. Like I could have a little more of these. No, really. Um, these are delicious. These are really delicious. So Dave's and this is my cheat day. <laughs> you've you've said in the past. Um, Sogginess is an issue for you. Not here. These seem like they're holding up really well structurally. These are really like, good. like it's oh not God. like soaking everything in. Like, I uh, <laughs> forgive us. I'm actually really enjoying these. I'm gonna have another bite on mic now. I'm gonna have one more bite because I'm really not supposed to be eating this because it's got milk in it, but it's so good. Let me go through it. Oh yeah, there's a tiny trick. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. I knew what I was getting into when I uh, consented and signed the waiver to this show. He's a notary. <laughs> as a He's lawyer, power of attorney. As, as a lawyer, I may have actually made <laughs> you do that. But, um, I gave him power of attorney. Yeah, but it's really good. It's, it's got the, a little bit of that um, pink donut flavoring, and um, uh, I feel like I'm at a donut shop. It's making me cough a little. There's a, there's oh. a there's a there's a dryness to it, which is probably good. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen, folks. And he is an attorney, as we mentioned several <laughs> times in the program. So, so. Uh, it's just like the best of multiple breakfast worlds. You're getting cereal and you're getting donut at the same time, like. I don't know. Do you see this sticking around? This this looks like it might be one of those cereals know. that's on the shelf for a couple months and gone. Uh, it's, it's a tough call, given the way that 
diets have changed over the past 20, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this certainly isn't healthy. You, you know, your donut shop cereal that's literally called Pink Donut Artificially Flavored. Oh that, that's that's the front of I really wanted that natural pink donut. I don't think flavor. too many right. I, I don't think too many parents are actually lining up to, at, at Market Basket or Shaw's to uh, to get their kids this. <laughs> Especially, and it's got wheat in it as well. So with all the gluten allergies, we got some squeaking of the chairs going so, on because it's a small studio. So uh, we're sharing one mic, folks. In case you can't tell. Yeah. Well, uh, there'll be improvements yes, in uh, later episodes. This is sort of a test one. Actually, this may not be the first one you hear. Maybe we'll insert this in some point later as a bonus or whatnot. But uh, so there's one thing I wanted to run by you here, Dave, on the packaging of these cereals. Oh, yeah. I uh, I recall as a kid watching a special on the the way they shoot and photograph different foods, how it's sort of like uh-huh. not the food itself, and they add these sort of things. And uh, one thing I read was that when they're um, they're photographing cereal. Uh, because the milk would ruin it, as we've sort of sure. got that before. Oh, yeah. One of their tricks is using a little Elmer's glue. What? Yeah, as, as a replacement, because it reads on um, camera well, more. Well, no wonder more the like, kids are so messed up today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're not eating it, but uh, th- that being Kellogg's said... Kellogg's glue. <laughs> Kellogg's glue. That be, that being said, um, I'm sure most of the photos and whatnot what they're doing now, or there's digital editing. But I just wanted you to take a look at this box and look at the weird globules of milk shooting out of the bowl. Oh my god! You know, like it looks like glue. Whatever the substance uh, on this box yeah, of Kel- Kellogg's Donut Shop cereal is, it does not look like they're sitting in. But I don't think glue milk. actually goes that way. No, and uh, there are there are. Uh, pieces of uh, donut cereal shooting out of the bowl on this. It's uh, rather entertaining packaging. Well, Um, you know, uh, Kellogg's uh, is produced in Battle Creek, Michigan. I think that's where their headquarters is. That's I think that's the um, the, Creek. the original sanitarium uh, Kellogg owned, like at the uh, sort of retreat he had. Yeah, was out there. I think so. Um, yeah, no, I, I I don't know what they put in their food now. I know um, I know it's not too far from Flint, Michigan. If Flint's without water, I, um, with clean water, I I don't know what's going into the Kellogg's. Oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to get too dark right there, but I was just. Um, um, do you do you want a list? Because this is a little scary. You're gonna read all the ingredients. Yeah, it's it's not the biggest list, but they're uh, they're a little interesting. Degerminated yellow cornmeal. That sounds like degeneration X. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do Break the, it down. A little crotch chop. Uh, sugar. Okay. Clearly, whole obviously whole oat flour. Ooh. Fructose, which is just more sugar. Mm-hmm. Soybean and palm oil. Two percent less of salt, non-fat milk, non-fat milk and whey than various flavors and lecithin and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, you've got the trace of milk and whey. Sorry about that, dude. And I have a trace of milk in my uh, esophagus now, but don't you worry. It's my cheat day, as I've <laughs> mentioned, because half of all, if not all, the sugar cereals that we're going to be reviewing on this podcast is when I can take my diet and say, take a hike just for about an hour, an hour and ten minutes just to have a little fun, because I didn't think about this stuff growing up. I didn't consider veganism a thing, and I don't get preachy about it. I just thought it's good. Count Chocula was good. Uh, Lucky Charms was good, but I would always pick around 
the rest of the cereal just to have the marshmallows. And uh, we can discuss this further off mic, but maybe down the line if we're able to monetize the show or a little bit, we can do something to offset that, you know, some sort of animal charity or something down the line. Oh. Maybe make, make, do, do a little something, you know. All right. Yeah, we'll do, do, yeah our, not today. Our, our, our do-gooder thing, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll postpone <laughs> that a, a yeah, bit. But, uh, no, no, I'm just, just an idea. Well, no, no, I'm just I'm saying that this is what I, you know, this is what, um, you know, I have to deal with. And obviously it is a big deal at the same time. I try not to make it out to be a big thing. Uh, it, it does create a little bit of a problem, but we're here having fun. And like I said, the donut shop cereal, it is delicious. And I, I, I was I, not I, expecting to enjoy this as much as I do. Right? I'm, I'm taking this box home. You after. take it home. No, you take it home. It's you. Oh, it's you, guy. Man. It is really, really good. I love the flavoring. I know it's unhealthy, but so is everything else back in the day we ate. Let's go for it. So it, it's been fun, Dave. I think Ooh. these were some good first trial episodes slash episode. We'll see how they uh, end up cutting down. Oh, yeah. We uh, we watched some some fun um, fun shows that um, I don't know. Muppet Babies didn't hold up quite like I thought it would. I, Maybe it was just the quality of their recording. I think I had higher expectations for the uh, the Muppet Babies as well because the Muppets are so iconic. Uh, we'll get into some more episodes that we can view. On um, on YouTube or wherever, and uh, we'll uh, we, we we won't we we'll, we won't show Hammerman again. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, All six of them. Keep listening, and uh, I'll figure out some right stuff here or there. But we may uh, we may patch in the theme songs at the end of the episode. We've yeah. done a little bit of critical commentary on them here, and uh, I think that's probably enough to get away right. with playing at least a clip from each. And, hey. uh, Exactly, uh, and uh, it's all coming together, and uh, I think in the next coming weeks as we do this and we review more episodes and we try out more serials, we're going to get acclimated and we're going to develop a rhythm and we're going to uh, include you guys listening at home because it's all about you, and you can write to us. Uh, what's the name of Fra our website? Fra Frosted Pod right now. Uh, we don't have a specific site registered, but as of now, oh, okay. uh, Frosted Pod is consistent across social media platforms who so hit us up there i believe the gmail address is also frostedpod at gmail.com we'll have to double check on that uh, yeah. but feel free to reach out in the coming weeks i think we're going to have guests and have those guests sort of come in picking a cereal in the show and maybe maybe direct the questions more toward them and their their involvement with you know saturday morning cartoons maybe that specific cartoon or that cereal growing up um we both know a lot of people in the area, be it comedians, other podcasters, musicians. So you'll get a little taste of all sorts of guests if you're in the area and have sort of a guest suggestion. You're in the Boston area. A, a serial suggestion, yeah. uh, a cartoon, something you'd like covered. Please, please feel free to reach out. And uh, thanks for tuning into the Frosted Pod. We Thank really you, appreciate Karen. it. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dave Linquist, for all your work in making this possible. The Donut Shop Cereal was absolutely incredible. That and really, I don't say that, that a lot about that, cereals. Because that really what surprised I, me. I really enjoy it. Because uh -huh. I'm so bland when it comes to my cereal uh -huh. choices. I just had Cracklin Oat Bran for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> it's and I thought I was... My, uh, I, I thought I was uh, living on the edge there. But my this, little brother this almost it. choked to death on a piece of crackling Oprah. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear <laughs> that. Heimlich maneuver, yeah. Oh. It, it was just delicious. He couldn't stop eating it so fast. That's a yeah. solid cereal. We'll yeah. have to bring that one Please in at some point. Please be careful. Be careful when you guys chow down on your cereal. You don't want your Heim Heimlich to be 
your first and last. <laughs> so, so here's a thought. We probably shouldn't figure it out on mic, but I think we're going to eventually need a signature sign-off. You know, I feel like I all those so shows have, have that sort of uh, tag at the end. I'm so. Dave, and I'm Dave. <laughs> Where the Daves you know. No, that's, that's probably uh, taken somewhere, too. All right. Well, we'll, in the meantime, in the coming weeks, we'll have everything in order. We'll have our sign-off, we'll have our intro, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys and chime in with your serial suggestions as well as a cartoon you might want us to review. Thanks, guys. Take Thank care. you, guys. Have a great week.